Jonathan Wakefield is a brewmaster and founder of Miami's renowned Jay Wakefield Brewing. Now he's opening up his internationally acclaimed tap room at Sirius XM Business Radio for an intimate look at the intersection of craft beer and popular culture. So pull up a chair, have a round on us, and join the conversation on the business of brewing. This is the Beer Hour with Jonathan Wakefield on Sirius XM Business Radio. Hi, I'm Jonathan Wakefield, and this is the Beer Hour on Sirius XM Business Radio 132. Each week, we introduce you to the movers and shakers of the craft beer business and other interesting professions. I'm here with my co-host, Maria Cabre. Hello, Maria. Hey, John. You happy to be back after our uh, brief hiatus here? Of course I am. Today, we have a very special episode. We're recording from the Wakefest Brewers Party. Our eighth annual anniversary party, Wakefest, is tomorrow here in Miami. We'll have over 80 of the top independent craft beer brewers in the country. There will be over 500 attendees this year, and we're looking forward to some pristine Miami weather. Every year, we get all of the brewers together for a big party before the event. This year, we thought, what a perfect time to record a radio show. Tonight, we're recording poolside at the beautiful Vagabond Hotel in Miami, which is in the Upper East Side. The hotel has won two TripAdvisor's Traveler's Choice Awards and seven consecutive TripAdvisor Certificates of Excellence. I guess they are the Tom Brady of hotels. We're going to take advantage of the fact that we have so many great brewers here and break format. We'll talk to as many guests as possible and ask them the same six questions, sort of like a speed round on a game show. All right. So we're sitting here at the Vagabond Hotel in beautiful Miami on Biscayne Boulevard. And we are talking to Sam Richardson, brewmaster and one of the owners of Other Half Brewing in New York. Brooklyn, New York and Philadelphia and D.C. and Rochester. Am I missing anywhere else? Uh, where we brew now. <laughs> and, and, and. Rooms. Yes, yes. All right, so let's start with what was the first beer that you home brewed and how did it go over? Oh my God. Do you know how old I am? I have no idea what the first beer I home brewed was. <laughs> you're not much older than me, so I know, make, you make me feel decrepit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> sitting across from each other with these gray beards. I know. Um, I don't remember what the first beer was, but I do. I, I can tell you that I had a, a pretty awesome setup with a good friend of mine. His name was Borg. Okay. Still one of my best friends. Um, we was were, this a cycling buddy? He was not a cycling buddy. <laughs> but we we were just we were into we were into it. We built the system out. I we kind of went overboard from the from um, the start because I okay. wanted it to be I wanted to mimic a professional setup. Okay. And we started homebrewing together probably did six batches and i remember basically more or less telling him this was the dumbest thing we were ever doing and that i wanted to stop doing it and i was going to go to uh i was going to apply at oregon state for their fermentation science program and make actual large quantities of beer instead right. of spending eight hours <laughs> making five <laughs> gallons so we didn't last very long we actually did we i think we did okay considering we we started homebrewing and um, only made like six batches. We were pretty meticulous about our organization around it, but um, yeah, we were. Was this back like early two thousands? Oh, 2000? Yeah, this is yes. Late, yeah, late nineties, early two thousand in Oregon. Yes, so it would have been probably IPAs, West Coast uh, IPAs. Yeah, I mean, we made it. We made a few different things. We definitely made some IPA. I, I think we made like a Belgian double. Oh, okay, you know. <laughs> People drank those back, back then. Back then, back then. I heard they're coming back though. So yeah, they're it's, <laughs> it's the next beer. It's 2024's hot beer of the year after loggers. After loggers, yeah. that's right. Did you have a mentor in brewing? Mm, not no, not no. really. I kind of got. I kind of just got thrown into the deep end with uh, my brewing career, and I I don't know. I feel like the early 2000s was kind of. A little grim compared to now. Oh, I feel like yeah. it was like post the first the first crash for craft beer, right? And it just felt it felt a little lifeless. Like people were just kind of doing their jobs. I don't right. think anybody was I didn't get a lot of mentoring. Actually, I feel I feel like I I've always been into beer, but I feel like I learned I've learned the most after we opened our brewery. Right, right. And besides this, where did you spend the most time? cutting your teeth at Greenpoint? I mean, yeah. So I would say from learning how to operate in a brewery, it was my 
it was the years I spent at Pyramid just because right. that right. was it was just how long were you there? Grind it out. I was there for three years, and it was that's a big brewery. It's a big brewery. A lot of a lot of running around. I mean, I'd spent I spent I would actually run from spot to spot in the brewery because it was such a big space and we right. had so much to do that it it was you know I was probably running like four or five miles a day with inside the brewery just to make sure I could get everything done. There's a lot there's a lot of multitasking. Right. Do I want to do that now? No, but I also feel like it was one of those things that really taught me how to to brew not just as like this hobby, but as an actual career and job because you know, it's we we all own and operate factories. Right. So I want it to be fun. I want to make fun things, but I also I think it's important to know how to operate in a in a work environment like that, and that's that's what that taught me. I'd right. say being at Greenpoint was more trying to learn how to manage a brewery because that's what I got hired there to do. What do you think to date is the most off the wall out of left field beer that you guys have brewed at other half? Uh, hmm. Something with caviar or gold dust or. <laughs> wish we had done caviar uh I, I don't know i guess it's a tough one um you guys have done a lot cheesecake well we've used cheesecake yes yes uh, is that off the wall i guess yeah in this day be. and age i don't know right. if it is anymore <laughs> right i would uh, yeah but uh, at the time it was off, off the, the wall, wall. Absolutely. That, you know just like uh bananas right you bananas guys were really beer. the first ones to <laughs> do the bananas yeah. um that I don't know if that's off the wall, but I think at the time people were like, nah, banana doesn't belong in beer. And and now there's, there's probably some ways it doesn't belong in beer now, but right. I do think that there's people have figured out how to put it in beer now and make it taste good and have it be fun. So maybe that's our maybe that's our off the wall one. I, I would I would think so. So real question is, I mean, if you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self as you started the journey? I would probably, I would probably tell myself to get in the coffee. <laughs> uh, aside from that, I, right. if, I, if it was uh, what I would do in beer, I probably would tell myself to start a brewery earlier. But then, it, but then I also like to to just have the confidence to start it earlier. But at the same time, I actually think waiting was probably the reason that our brewery's been successful. Is you I got could, I got to learn a lot of the right. mistakes and. And also, we benefited greatly from timing. Right. I think you you guys and us kind of hit that envelope of the right time. 100%. Yeah. Like, right at the beginning of the boom and not at the end or even in the middle, like, at the beginning. Yeah, 2014 to 2019 in oh. craft beer is, like, the equivalent <laughs> yeah. of, like, 90s hip-hop. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the golden era. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever be back there, but it was definitely the peak. Never say never. We'll see. Well, I, don't, no, I agree. I agree with that. But I mean, I, I remember going to GABF in 2015 and there being 1,500 breweries yeah. in the country by, by their report and then going back whenever we went and it was like 7,500. And it was like three and a half years later. And it's like, <laughs> what just yeah. happened? Where did they come from? Right. <laughs> it's like gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It is multiply. Um, last question here. Kind of off the wall here, but. What's your favorite macro beer? My, uh, I, I like so many of them. It's really, really hard. Well, yeah. I mean, give us a who list. Doesn't, who doesn't like a Modelo or oh, okay. Modelo Negra? Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, Miller High Life's good. Yep. Um, You're not going Coors Banquet. I'm not a Coors Banquet guy. No? I'm just not. I mean, I like the I like the idea behind it. You know that it's a party beer and you're at a banquet with people, but it's like the beer itself I'm not super into. I'm trying to think West Coast. Oregon, oh, I mean, I, Oregon I grew and, up with uh, Weinhards. Right. Weinhards was our like cheap macro. Was, I, was hams out there too? Or what was out no, there? No, that's more like Minnesota. Minnesota. I, do love, I do love a hams though. Or when Rainier. I was, I was in Minnesota this year and I drank, I drank quite a bit of hams. What about Rainier? Uh, that's more like, that's more to the north. That's Washington more State. like Washington. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. We don't really drink beer from there in Oregon. <laughs> no, I no, mean. I'm just kidding. Actually, I do like I do like Rainier. I mean, I like nostalgic beer. Um, you know, you got those. There's so many great ones around the country, yeah. like Natty Bow and Oh yeah. Um, you know, the list the list could go on. I mean, 
when it comes down to it, I prefer craft beer, but right, I, of course. I'm, I, I don't have a problem with having a nice a macro, macro beer every once in a while. So to end this, because Rocco's pointing directions at me here, finish the sentence for me. If, if I weren't a brewer, I'd be a coffee roaster. Okay. <laughs> That's what I wait, thought. Wait, you I are that. You are that <laughs> oh, now. Oh, yeah. oh, wait. Okay. Come on. Let's plug your coffee, Sam. <laughs> yeah. Plug the coffee. Yeah, Sam, Sam does, and he's started. Yes, I, I have cloud cover coffee that we're yes. we're doing. It's you know it's new, but it's something I'm super passionate about. And Passion project. That's amazing. You got it. You got to. I had to finally carve out some time for it. So. So where will the people be able to find cloud cover? At our brewery locations for now, and eventually we'll have a cafe at our at a Buffalo location. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks Sam. for joining. It's been us. awesome. Thanks for having me. We're joined now at the beautiful Vagabond Hotel. Thank you for having us here with Jason Pizarro of Goal Brewing. Hi, Hello. Jason. What's going on, Jay? What's going on? So this is obviously like a lightning round. We're having our brewers get together here All on right. on Thursday and. Obviously, we've been friends for a long time, and you actually have jumped into the brewery game. Yep. So I, I kind of want to ask, I'm going to phrase this, like, what was the first beer that you had craft beer-wise that kind of got you into the whole thing? Okay, so I'm going to make this quick. Uh, how I got into craft beer was um, I had clients that were into craft beer, like, really hardcore, but I'm talking about... This is like early 2000s, right? right? And they were actually flying to Belgium. And so we would actually have these meetings. So I was a mule, right? And that's right. how I got into to craft beer. Right. So they actually were saying, hey, you need to like hold one of these bottles. It was like Lambic, right? Right, right. And so they would just give me some beer, but I never drank them. And I was like, oh, they're going bad. So I said, hey, man, do you, do you want these beers back? They're like, no, they're, they're fine. You should try them. And uh, yeah, so I had like a, I want to say it was like a, 2005 like Fafoon oh my gosh and then I was like what is this they're like it's Lambic this is what we've been going right, to get right. and then that that was when I got into it and I was like okay this is awesome and then you know I was in California and then these guys were like Cedar Rapids Iowa um the other gentleman that uh, was in um was in Chicago and they were asking me to get like Sierra Nevada like you, you, you know right, what I'm saying like Lost Stone Abbey. IPA right yeah you know what I mean they were yeah. it's you know. How many years ago was this? I mean, this is early 2000s, right? 2004 or 2005. Yeah, and yeah then, when, and then, when the game really started. Yeah, and then, and then what really, really got me into it was uh, when Lost Abbey dropped Izzy, right? And then they, were, they all came out, and they're like, oh, you got a mule for us, right? And oh, I was like, boy. okay, yeah, and I knew, what, I knew what it was about. And so that's really what, what, it, what it was. And I fell in love with that style of beer, right? So right. wilds, like lambics, right. things like that. Um. Yeah, and then I don't know if you want to talk about what we did, but that would segue into well, I, the whole Because then I, I met you when I did my stint at Stone, what was yeah, that, yeah, yeah. 2014? Yeah. That's yeah, when yeah, we, yeah. we actually yeah. did a beer trade. I yeah. met you at Bine and Vine yep. up in North Park. Yep. <laughs> That's when yeah, we first you. met. Yeah. At Joey's spot. Yeah, man. So did you have a mentor, like a mentor in business that kind of mentored you into what you are? Because I know you are, you're, you are uh, a great been, businessman. I've been blessed to be surrounded by amazing, uh, just innovators of everything, right? right? Uh, technology, right? I worked for NVIDIA, Nvidia Corporation, yeah. right? Probably the the best semi graphic semiconductor company or semiconductor company in the world, right? Um, so learning from learning from guys like Jensen Fish, right? The number one, number two guys there. Uh, being surrounded by like great leaders, uh, Keith Olson, uh, kind of like great friend, life mentor, but also a business manager, knowing how to like work with people. Uh, and then also helping to grow a, a bunch of amazing lifestyle brands, right? So, uh, you know, if, like, you know, shout out to like Mark Arsenal for letting me be a part of all that stuff with like Illis, Fat Lace, uh, you know, uh, Slam Society, Hella Flush. We did Drift Battle, right? Uh, so many projects, right? Then you, you look at um, other lifestyle brands, Shoyroll, you know, Bear, and, and then now RV doing AMP, like helping him start that brand, like AMP, right. what that's doing, Albino Preto. Uh, there's so many brands that I've been able to touch and um, and learning through all those experiences, right? And then also, you know, doing things with you all, right? Right, right. That, that's huge. And um, it's all of these repetitions, right? And, and all these uh, these touches, right? And inferences that allowed me to, to grow the acumen, right. basically, right? So then what, what brought us together? Man, you know, I think what, what it was, we had a lot of common friends, right? And like, so 
and also me, not many people know, but I actually kind of lived in Miami for a, a, a good amount of time. So I think we just vibed from the beginning. We had a lot of common interests, right? So uh, commonality, uh, you're just a good dude, man. So, you know, like I mean, you could vibe, right? You could feel people's vibe. Yeah. And um, I mean, we just kind of hit it off really, really easy, really quick. And, um, and we so. brought we brought to life probably, I'm going to say, the beer that put the bookmark for adjunct stouts in the industry. I don't, I don't know, man. People say that all the time. Like, you know, like, oh, you're the big pop guy. You're the bucket guy. You're the, you know, and I, yeah. uh, I like, I literally just heard it, you know, uh, yeah. uh you know, um, yeah, you know, it wasn't really the intent. No, right? I don't, th- I don't but, think it was the intention. No, but I, it, I just it, think it, it, yeah. it naturally organically happened. I still remember when you told me, oh, I don't know if you want to drop this beer. Right. I mean, I flew out immediately. Right. And I mean that it just, I mean, yeah. but the wart was amazing, right? Yeah. It tastes like babinka, if you guys don't know what yeah. that is. Yeah. Like a, like a, a coconut pastry, uh, yeah. Filipino coconut pastry, and it, it, it was just amazing. I remember tasting that. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, a lot of history. I mean, yeah. I, you know. No, we'll save it all for another show for sure. For sure. You know, but uh, just kind of wanted a lightning around it. So I, yep. I have yep. I have an interesting question, though. Uh, if you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self as you started this journey? Uh, commit. Yeah. Um, I had an opportunity, like, way early. Um, um, I get a little emotional telling this story because, uh, so I have an amazing wife. And um, she basically said, hey, you love doing this. Just go do it. Right. Um, and I just didn't commit. Oh. But I'm here now. Right, you're here now. Right, so yeah. I, thankfully I got this second chance. Yeah. Right, and so, um, and it's because of her again. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So having someone that believes in you, especially when it's your partner, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. It's huge. You, you can't huge. pay for that. It's nope. Huge. Invaluable. So. And then, lastly, finish the sentence for me. If I were in brewing or a brewery owner, I'd be a. What would you be doing? If I was a brewery owner? No, if you weren't. Or if I, if wasn't, if I yeah. wasn't a brewery owner? What would you be doing? What would I be doing? Yeah. Fishing. <laughs> All right. Or but d- I'm also doing that. I know, I, I know, I know. I'm Dr- also doing drift, that. Uh, you're not drifting anymore, are you? Uh, I, w- I would love to. I'm actually looking for someone to build a drift car with me together. Oh, see? I have a few friends that are yeah. willing to do it, and so... Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, man. Not, I can't not, wait. Yeah, I can't d- wait d- to. Uh, not many people know you drifted, dude. No, so. not many people know, man. I mean, you know, Drift Battle. We actually founded the first uh, amateur drifting brand that was the feeder into Formula D. That's awesome, right? So That's you know, awesome. and and uh, our friends are the founders of Formula D. Like, there's so much history, man. Like, we could go. We could go. There's on. a love for cars too. It's oh just yeah, a love for cars. Man. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. we, we vibed instantly yeah. because yeah. you know the things that we loved, right? Yeah. Collectibles, yeah. Cars, cars, beer, yeah. shoes, shoes. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like everything, right? So it was really easy. Yeah. It was natural. Well, I really yeah. appreciate your time, brother. For sure. And no, thank, thank you for you. being in Miami again. Thanks, Jay. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, Our third guest is Zach Page from Bellflower, which is in Portland, Maine, correct? It is, yeah. Yes, it is. That's right. How's yes, the weather right now here? Are you happy <laughs> to be here? It is wonderful, yeah. Yes. Very, very uh, much change of pace, yeah. Good. Uh, I'm absolutely. glad. Yeah, he's wearing shorts and a, and a button short sleeve shirt. It's perfect. Yeah, it oh, yeah. It's been six months since the shorts have come <laughs> out yeah. for me. So, yeah, so. <laughs> All right. We're going to jump in. So what was the first beer that you home brewed and how did it turn out, man? Oh, it was an extract kit. It was a it was a brown ale, and it was terrible. It was really bad, <laughs> as the, is the case. I feel like with every every home brewer. Yes. Um, oh, I also made it was in my college uh, house. I shared with four other <laughs> roommates, right. and I was fermenting no temperature control in a oh. clo- in a closet. Oh yep. yeah, made a mess. There was krausen like up on the ceiling, and oh. the walls just went went everywhere. Oh my god! Did you guys uh, drink it anyway? Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. Drink it. yeah. And I think hot, I was hot brewing converted brown ale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And I was brewing the second batch before we even drank the first. That's so, amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> Did you have a mentor, either in brewing or or in business, kind of going up through this? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been lucky enough to have two fantastic jobs in the brewing industry before starting this. Uh, JC Tetro and, yeah. and Esther of uh, Trillium. 
Um, it was it was such an education working for them. Yeah. Uh, both from a production standpoint and um, a, a philosophy of beer making, but also from a business standpoint. Um, and then moving on to Lone Pine, um, Tom and John there, it, it was also a, a huge education, especially on the business end, because completely different business model right. and scale that, that we were at. So it's been nice. fun trying to put, you know, b- uh, things I've learned from both of those it, Into practice. Into practice, yeah. What do you think is your most off-the-wall beer that you have brewed to date at Bellflower? Oh, off off the wall. Um, okay, so we uh, we have this series called "Water the Seeds You Want to Grow." Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, it, we do it about one, once a quarter, and uh, all the proceeds go go um, towards not nonprofits. Uh, but we did one that had um, lemon and hibiscus in it. It was it was a wheat beer or a, a wheat beer base. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a little tart and very floral and I think it was a little polarizing for people. People either really, really dug it that, 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 or uh, yeah, the two sides of things. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. I mean, I, I mean, I dig those kind of things, but you know, some people might be hard to get used to that. If you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self as you started this journey? Oh, good, good question. Um, Man, I guess uh, do it sooner. Uh, j- right, jump yeah. into the industry sooner. Yeah. I mean, I think I spent a, a long time trying to figure out. Um, uh, I I don't know a, a career path um, within academia, within what I was studying right. in college, and trying to make it work when it wasn't working, and it's not where my heart was. And I wish you know a year or two sooner, I would have made the jump and looked for an opportunity. But I'm glad that things worked out the way they did, and I think I jumped on the right opportunity when it presented itself. I mean, we've heard now that before, but yeah, it seems like the perfect timing seems to be hitting in stride for the people like yourself and like Sam had mentioned as well, that it's all about timing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it comes down to, do you have a favorite macro beer? Uh, I love Gansett, Narragansett. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so okay. a staple in New England. Okay. Um, I think it has more to do with the nostalgia and the, and the right. branding, but um, on a hot day, that really hits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would agree. I mean, I was trying to find, like, it's a... Uh, they it, saw it at Trader Joe's down here. I'll buy yeah. a four-pack every once in a Narragansett while. Narragansett <laughs> actually pretty good, I, I, I think. I, it, I mean, it was it was interesting talking to Sam, having him having grown up in Oregon, so it was like those West Coast The West styles. Coast ones, yeah. yeah. I, I'm lumping them in with, with macros, but they do have a brick and mortar um, that is very, you know, small batch, very crafty, and they do all, oh, all nice. sorts of different styles. Nice, um, nice. But if I'm going for, yeah, the quote-unquote macro style... It'd be Narragansett. Uh, American lager, it's Narragansett, yeah. All right, last question. Finish this sentence for me. If I weren't a brewer, I would be a... Uh, I fantasize about being a long-haul trucker sometimes. Really? Can, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. That's pretty, that's on, cool. I could be on the road for a long time just plugging away at podcasts and books on tape. I mean, and, like, <laughs> if you've ever actually been in one of those semi-trucks, like how plush those things are, oh, like yeah. you could just Get you could ride down. for hours. Yeah. Yeah. Ride for hours and just pull the road and sleep in the back. <laughs> I have so much road rage for that. Oh, dear. I'd probably try to run you. people no, over with no. the truck. <laughs> I would I've have done, to work on that. Yeah. I've done 18-hour drives. It's 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 nice to have those cabs, man, for sure. But thank you very much for joining Thanks, us. Zach. Yeah. Thanks awesome. for having thank us. You. We're stoked to be here. And, uh, yeah. we'll We're going to have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Our next guest in our very special Wakefest lightning round is Mitch Gritman of Zony Mash Beer. Thank you for joining us, Mitch. Yeah, it's, thanks uh, for having me. Glad to have you guys down. So we're going to kind of jump right in. This is uh, fast and kind of easy. <laughs> what was the first beer that you homebrewed and how did it turn out, man? Oh, uh, first beer that I homebrewed... Um, was a raspberry sour. Oh, you went hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> From the and, jump. Yeah. And um, I I thought it was fantastic, but it, it was atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> it was a disaster. You still drank it, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah. drinks it, no matter what. Well, it's alcohol. You've got to have some kind of pride in, you know, what you're trying. You right, know what I mean? right. So, you start yeah. brewing because it's cheaper than buying beer. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I absolutely <laughs> agree with that. Did you have a mentor kind of that brought you up in the brewing industry? Uh, no. No? No. So where'd you cut your teeth at? 
Um, didn't really. Homebrewing? <laughs> Homebrewing, Home yeah. Really? Yeah. Self-taught? Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I'm pretty much the same thing. I yeah. mean, I did I did a small stint, you know, for about a year at Cigar City to get some commercial side, but really my experience and all my recipes came from homebrewing. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, living in rural Minnesota about okay. an hour outside of the Twin Cities um, back when, you know, even Surly was super small was super small so right. uh uh you know having spent time in chicago and tasting beers and and whatnot uh you know it, it was like i i love beer i want beer there wasn't beer you know there was a little bit of beer right um but then also just kind of falling in love with the creation aspect of it. no i agree that was probably my primary reason because in miami there was nothing yeah i mean absolutely nothing I mean, we didn't have liquor stores that sold craft beer. We didn't have anything. I used to have to order all my craft beer from out of state and get it mm. shipped here. So I was like, you know what? It's cheaper for me to brew my own beer. Right, right. So <laughs> what do you think to date is the most off-the-wall beer that you have brewed? Um, off-the-wall? Yeah. Uh, so um, I made a beer actually twice. Um called I Love Even You, um, and it, it's not just the most off the wall, but it's also probably my favorite beer that I've ever made. Um, it's uh, beet juice, tangerine, and spent gin botanicals from a distiller that's down the street. So you get that earthy sweet from the beet with a little bit of citrus and then just the complexity of the gin botanicals. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, the people who loved it, loved it, and it was also, you know, just bright, you know, fluorescent red. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and, you know, it uh, fermented out nice and dry, but still kind of sweet from the beet um, and just very complex and strange. Um, you had to be the right person for it. You know, the people looking for a sweet, you know, fruity sour, uh, you know, weren't as into it. But, you know, the people who drink cocktails or who are looking for something unique. Um, they, they dug it. Oh, yeah. Where are you guys exactly located for our listeners out there? Uh, right smack in the center of uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Right. In, <laughs> not near the French Quarter, are you? Uh, you know, uh, you could walk to the French Quarter if you wanted to. Um, you know. I'm going to have to come <laughs> check you guys out. I mean, the only time I went there and brewed was with NOLA, but that was like 2016. That was a long time ago, yeah. I remember that, yeah. 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 2016 I was there. Got to get back over there <laughs> and check you guys out, man. If you got, if you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self as you started this journey? Oh, um, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not. I'm not displeased with anything. Uh, any of the the journey that I've uh, gone across. I wish I would have started earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on, honestly, honestly, that is the most popular answer. That is, you're, yeah. you're the third person to say that. Yeah, I wish I had done this earlier. Right. That is honestly like you are the third guy to have said, said that. I mean, it's we. Hey, I, sh- I should have done hey, it earlier. Late 2019 is not the best time to open a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I, I I understand that. I understand that fully. Trust me. If you had to drink a macro. What would be your go-to macro beer? Um, I do still drink High Life. Okay, there you yeah. go. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, Coors Banquet, High Life. We've had uh, Narragansett. Uh, you know, it's kind of been a few here and there, but uh, High Life's always a good one. Yeah. And then I would say, <clears throat> lastly, if you could finish this sentence for me, if I weren't a brewer, I would be a. Uh. So uh, my background is food science, oh. product development for food manufacturing. Nice. I would go right back to that. Really? I was, I was not unhappy doing that. Right. Um, so. That's amazing. Yeah. So what, it, what kind of products did you work on? Uh, so right before I opened the brewery, I worked for Smoothie King. Um, oh, okay. So uh, I, I created the, the smoothies for Smoothie King. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Those are the only smoothies I, I like of like yes. a chain smoothie yeah, place. Yeah, man. That is awesome. Well, thank you very much, Mitch, for joining us. Yeah. This has uh, been a fun interview, and uh, thank you guys for coming down to Wakefest. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely.
Action Talk, home to Sirius XM's biggest shows. Nobody wants to hear this nonsense. <laughs> Jim Norton and Sam Roberts mornings. We start the day with gratitude. Gratitude for you. Ron and Gail Bennington. It's the Bennington Show. Yeah, it's a global sensation. Trump Nation with Eddie Trump. Dedicated celebration of rock. The Bonfire with Big J Overson and Dan Soder. It makes me violently carsick. Feedback with Nick and Lori. It has this hypnotizing effect. Action Talk, Channel 103 and the SXM app. Free with all trials and popular plans. SiriusXM is the home to the best in podcasts, including They Did That. Black people across the North were catching hell in ways that we tend not really to fully understand and imagine. Black people love Paramore, a podcast where we try to make black people feel seen. Wow, like, do people know about this? Let's bring this back. And one Mike Black History. Neither man believed they were guilty or they had done anything wrong. All and many more are available now on the SiriusXM app, included with all trials and popular plans. You're listening to The Beer Hour with Jonathan Wakefield. Conversations on the business of brewing and popular culture. We are back at the Vagabond with Alex Gonzalez of Honeypot Meadery in Anaheim, California. Anaheim, California, yeah. You added the the accent onto that. I'm not sure. Gonzalez, a- Alex, we're in Miami. It, it might just be Gonzalez. It depends on where you are and who you're talking to. You know. Gonzalez. Make it easy. Yeah. So let's start. What was the first mead that you made, and how did it turn out? Horrible. Extremely horrible. Um, (laughs) When I started making mead, uh, there wasn't the resources you have now. There wasn't the same um, forums and uh, people that you could kind of look up to and go to for advice. Everything was a book. So a book's not going to tell you exactly how something's supposed to taste, how it's supposed to smell. And it was a lot of trial and error, like two, two and a half solid years of trial and error before I was confident letting somebody else try something. Really? Did yeah. you still drink it, the first one? Well, you kind of have to. I mean, that's, uh, you know. I think that's a consensus. Yeah, I know, yeah, but yeah. I'm still going to ask the question. I mean, I made a mango IPA and it was terrible, but I still drank it. No, your, you know I mean? your palate's going to tell you um, if, it's, if it's good or bad and then where you go from there. And that's really the only way you're going to learn. At least back then, that was how I learned, so. Did you have, I mean, did you cut your chops or teeth anywhere before, or was this like from brewing at home to straight to meadery? It was, it was just at home. Uh, I think before I got to the point of trying to open my own place, it was three and a half, four years making stuff at home. Right. Uh, then it's entering a couple competitions, and the first one I entered I actually took best in show, which is really weird. Um, what what which uh, which meat took best in show? It was actually something we still make as a bourbon barrel aged or sorry rye barrel aged orange blossom with a uh, cacao nibs and vanilla. Oh wow! Yeah, nice. orange that and the rye. Nice. Um, nice, and yeah, I think I might still have one bottle of that somewhere. I'm sure it's completely oxidized now. <laughs> um, but uh, that gave me the confidence I needed to um, expand what I was making. And then uh, start to take those to um, other uh, small producers in California, which at the time there was maybe five or six. Yeah, there wasn't very many, right? No, it was really just Golden Coast down in in Oceanside. And uh, I had this opportunity uh, where I came into some money and I could either invest in like some property or or stock or something. Um, And I fell to the option of investing myself and something I like to do. And if it fails, I can't blame anybody else. Right. And uh, right. now we're we're at the point where next month I'm talking at the Food and Wine Festival at Disneyland for two days, and that's pretty cool. So Holy that's crap, very dude. cool. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, really that's exciting. awesome. How long have you guys been open now? Uh, four years as of last Saturday. Yeah, Ooh. they just had their anniversary. Yeah, that's awesome. What do you think is your most off the wall mead that you have made to date? Oh, that's tough. Um. I'd probably say when we called it the honeypot PBR, it was pepper, bacon, and rosemary. <laughs> oh, uh, and there was also maple syrup in it. Um, it was a complete experiment that started off as a joke, and uh, we had a friend that was the uh, executive chef for the Monarch in uh, Newport, and that property yields about five gallons of bacon fat every day. Oh my! From gosh. their seven restaurants. Jesus. So he brought in this tub of bacon fat. And he's like, "We're gonna fat wash the water." Um, and we did that. Uh, so, you know, liquefied the fat, uh, mixed it all up, put it in the fridge, let it form its cap again, scraped it about three times. 
and then put a whole black peppercorns, rosemary, maple syrup, and I think the base was maybe a like a beauchade honey, a toasted honey. And we did like five gallons of it. It was the weirdest thing I've ever made. It smelled like the like turkey dinner <laughs> uh, in a liquid form. And That's uh, awesome. that weekend we put it on. I want to say 90% of the flights that we sold had that on there. About really? 90% of them came back with it not finished because it was People more of a... People wanted to taste it. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to see what it was all about. And we had two guys that came in and got like 16-ounce pours. I was like, you guys are amazing. Thank you. For that is awesome. Um, but yeah, that was pretty off the wall. That's awesome. If you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self as you started this journey? The biggest thing would have probably been to not be so scared to let people try things. Um, my background as an engineer, it's a lot of trial and error uh, and a lot of structure. So leaning on that and being able to repeat things and learn from previous mistakes helped a lot. But I think I could have grown faster if I wasn't so you know, hesitant. Afraid. Hesitant? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can understand that. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, I didn't always want everybody to try my stuff either. I mean, it was... It's a little tough. I mean. And now with the internet, right, people love. Of course, of course. Absolutely. But, you know. Voicing their opinions. Yes. Yes. I, I do want to switch. Do, do you have a favorite macro beer? Macro. High Life, anything like that? Um, well, it would probably a guilty, be hams. A guilty hams. pleasure. Hams. hams. Yeah. Is, is there macro meat? Uh, not Per se, what, what's um, the one out of? Uh, is it New Mexico or Arizona that they, uh, not Dave's or uh, uh, came in the blue bottles? Oh, I, I know. You know you're what talking I'm talking about, about and I right? I remember the name of it. Right. To yes. save my life. But it, they've been around forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's a few mass producers um, that are a lot of people's like first foray into, into trying meat. meat. Yeah. Um, I think Chaucer's is probably like the biggest one. Right. And uh, we, we're trying to get to that point where we can be easily approachable. Right. right. We make things that are a little bit lighter sometimes. I think one of the ones we're serving this weekend is like 55 or 6%. Um, so it's really easy to find uh, someone that likes maybe a sour, you know, right. and then get them to try something that's honey-based instead of grain. And then you kind of graduate into something that is a little more like full-bodied and nice. yeah, more alcohol. Finish this sentence for me. If I weren't a mead maker, I'd be a... I'd probably still be an engineer. Yeah? Um, I love making computers do what I want them to do. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't know why. It's um, solving problems for people that... Are you a gamer? Uh, I used to be. I wish I had time for that still. Uh, yeah. My son is. My eight-year-old. Ill. He's nine tomorrow. Um, he plays Fortnite and all that stuff, so I have the pleasure of watching him... And then occasionally trying and him telling me what I'm doing wrong. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I know Sounds that feeling. Sounds about right. I know that feeling. I know that feeling. Dad, you're horrible. Get off the game. <laughs> That's not how you do that. Mike. No. Okay, thanks, dude. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Alex. Cheers, guys. Good to see you. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we're back with James Massey of Two Tides Brewing in Savannah, Georgia. What's up, guys? What's happening? What is happening? Miami. Miami's yes. happening. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. What was the first beer you homebrewed? How did it turn out? Uh, a raspberry wheat. Raspberry was extract. It tasted like uh, cough syrup. That was uh, sophomore year of college. Did you drink it? Yes. 100%. <laughs> it's always in sure college. I'm not even sure I was 21. Right. So, I mean, it's right. always in college, though, and they yeah. all drink it. Oh, yeah. You were a grown-ass man, though, and you drank it. Oh, I mean, I was under 30, but yeah. I was Grown-ass grown, man. I was grown-ass. Oh, With kids. We put yeah. some grapes in a fermenter one time, some grape juice and yeast, and that sat there for about a year and a half, and then we drank that, uh, and nobody died. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. It works. It, it works. Did you have any mentors either in the brewing or business side that kind of help you cut your teeth yeah so i mean i think a lot of this is business and i learned a lot from my mentors in the cpa career right um right. the partners at the firms i, I yeah. learned a ton from those guys um the brewing side i mean i mean shoot like uh 
you know, homebrewer threads were my my mentor. I think you know, just wading through all the all the BS out there. And, and <laughs> you, you, yeah, man, I I remember those days. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, this was I mean dinosaur days of uh, of <laughs> homebrewing. It was like either rape beer or beer advocate, and then like trying to go on there and and trying to find something worthy of any kind of advice yeah. to to follow because most of them were full of crap. Yeah, and, and then it was, was just just following people I look up to, like you guys. Another half, you know, getting into the. Uh, the brewing scene, learn a lot from you guys just uh, through social media, you know? <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. Well, I, yeah, I mean, what do you think is the most off-the-wall beer that you have brewed to date? Uh, most off-the-wall beer? <laughs> all, all of them, but... Right. <laughs> but um, it's got to be the, the cheesecake sour. That's kind of become a thing for us, too, and that's about as off the wall as we get. Uh, we do the chocolate cheese on the salad and uh, fruited, fruited cheesecake. And you guys started that. How long ago did you start brewing those? That was probably 2018, the first year we did it. Yeah, I think That was our guys, first year. I, don't think, I think you guys were one of the first to do it. We were on the cusp of the, the cheesecake beer right. scene for sure. Right. Yeah, we started that, that trip. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that is awesome. <laughs> It, I can't take credit for that. I don't want to. <laughs> but you're doing something now because uh, Maria showed me that you guys do something. Um, y'all make uh, basically like uh, cocktails. Seltzer? We, we do, yeah. like, like, like We brew the, uh, a seltzer. We do a, a seltzer-based cocktail program in a little small bar downstairs. Uh, it's like a 200-square-foot, uh, extremely curated cocktail bar. These guys are absolutely killing it, the cocktails they make. But yeah, we brew a you know like a fourteen percent seltzer, uh, carbon filter. It's almost like a neutral spirit, uh, and we use that to make all different sorts of cocktails. We can mimic anything. They make you know everything's made in house. We don't buy any kind of um, you know really? flavorings or anything like yeah. It's all it's all syrups made in house and fresh fruit, all sorts of stuff like that. But the, these guys absolutely kill it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. If you could go back in time, <laughs> what would you tell your younger self? As you started this journey, um, hmm. keep going, man. This is this is, this is going to be the f- most fun time of your life, and it beats the shit out of accounting, <laughs> crunching numbers. You know, yeah. Uh, right. I thought I was stressed out in tax season, but I mean, yeah, because that would be right about now. So, oh, yeah, man, yep, yeah, yeah. I I know don't, that pain. I don't miss it, do you? No, no <laughs> I do not miss it behind a desk. <laughs> I do not miss it behind a desk. Yeah, man. So it's great. Just keep going. You know. Yeah. It, I, Never did I thought I'd, you know, what I thought I'd have my own business, much less a brewery. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, do something you're passionate about. You know, speaking to a younger self or just anybody's younger self is just follow follow your passion. You're going to be way more successful at something you want to do than trying to do what somebody else wants you to do, like your parents who right. were never really right. supportive of, uh, you know, I played a lot of music in high school and there was never any discussion of, uh, you're gonna, you know, you can do music if you want to. You know, you can work on cars if you want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. Those, you're gonna get a good job and makes good money. And no, I, you know. I know that. I know that too. Yeah. So do <laughs> do what you want to do within reason. You right, know, I don't think yeah. maybe you don't want to be a poet. I don't right. know. For a living, <laughs> right, like, right. You know, do what you want to do. What's your favorite macro beer? Oh, Miller Lite is my favorite. I'm not never been on the high life train, uh, but. Middle life is always in the is in the yeah. fridge, yeah. Nice. Middle light. Okay. Okay. So finish the sentence for me. If I wasn't a brewer, I'd be a um musician. I think a mime artist. Yeah. Somewhere out on uh, <laughs> Muscle Beach, maybe something Ty- like that. Tybee yeah. Island. Yeah, Tybee. There we go. Yeah. 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 I'll, yeah. <laughs> if I was a mime, I wouldn't be able to afford a plane ticket to Muscle Beach, I don't think. I don't know, maybe there's, maybe there's mimes out there. Hey, do what you want to do. If you want to be a mime artist, you know, be a mime artist. Do I'll it. Take it. I'll All take in. It. Yeah, sure. Well, I appreciate your <laughs> time, you, brother. James. Thanks no, very thank much. Thank you, guys. Man. Happy Wake Fest. Yeah. Happy Wake Fest. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, we are talking to Aaron Shavey of Boneflower Mead in Northwest yeah, Indiana. Indiana. Northwest Indiana. Sorry. My brain is not functioning <laughs> properly. Stressful week. Uh, <laughs> what was the first mead you made, and how did it turn out? The very first mead I ever made was cherry, what we now call cherry apple inception. Uh-huh. I took, I went to our local orchard. We have a massive orchard oh, in the city of Hobart, Indiana that I live in. I bought their cider. I mixed it with some cherries and cherry concentrate, fermented it, uh, sweetened it a little bit. 
<clears throat> this is both Ramey and I, uh, doing this in a five-gallon batch in my basement. And we saved some bottles of it, entered like a little over a year later to Mazer Cup and took second place in the Holy fruit category. Crap. There you go. And <laughs> only success, you know, successful person. The only successful person, person yeah. <laughs> the first thing you made is it won something. That's amazing. And I haven't won one since. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. And we, we, we still make it now. Uh, we're going to try to do it like biannually, um, just based on if we can get the same ingredients. We try to right. make it the exact same way, so... We've, awesome. We've released it one time commercially since, and yeah. it's still a big hit. And we've kind of, you know, moved on to the like as a series with that one. So we did that's cherry apple, and we did a blueberry apple oh, inception, and we're going to do awesome. more with other fruits and apples as well. That's awesome. Did you have a mentor either in like the meat side of it or in the business side? Not really. I've I've been in in businesses one way or another. I, you know, I still have a day job still to this right, day. Right. You know, Ramy handles all the operations at the meadery. You know, I'm in, I'm in sales, so I kind of get a little bit of the, even just knowing, like, the lingo and, like, how do you apply for an LLC, like, to right. start, you know, just all that stuff. You know, <clears throat> Jeff's not here, and Jeff and Lisa couldn't make it, uh, but my, uh, you know, our business partners in this have other businesses, so that was super helpful, you know, right. getting started. You know, what really took effort was figuring out how to deal with the government making an alcohol, you know. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm sure, as you know, we still wrestle with them weekly on labels yep. and approvals and, and stuff like that. So we definitely had some help and uh, the right business partners to kind of get the brand going, so to speak. Okay. And yeah, it, you, can't, you can't mention body parts in, a, in the name of a beer, like upper body strength, because then people are going to think that mm. this beer is going to give you upper body strength. I know. The lovely people at the TTB are making sure we're we not We love you, anybody. TTB. Yeah, if you're listening to TTB, we love you. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. What do you think is the most off-the-wall mead that you have brewed to date? Um, still to this day, I still we did a collab with... Uh, <clears throat> Kyle at Horace, you know, the first year, of course, and he yeah. had to, you know, he insisted we put the Geisha coffee in it. Right. And I was pretty hesitant, and still to this day, those bottles are drinking good, but to my surprise. You know, they've definitely fallen off a little, and they're four years old now at this point. Really? But <clears throat> I think, you know, even the guys here from Monster could tell you, if you start with a really good coffee, you'll get a really good product in the end result, you know? So just being off the wall in the sense that it was black currants. You know, vanilla beans and coffee. Oh, and it was okay. It was a pretty interesting combo for us to try Cause you at first because currants are not really sweet. They're super just, acidic, right? Super yeah. acidic and super tart. Acidic. And then you have like the acidity, or what would be acidity from a coffee? Yep. We uh, a lot of back sweetening on this one. The vanilla, you know, with that perceived sweetness certainly right. helped. But still to this day, that's one of the more interesting projects we've done because. I was expecting it to be more a drink it right now type of mead, and right. they're still holding up to this day. So That's awesome. It makes me a little confident we could do something like that again with coffee <laughs> in the right. future. If you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self as you started this journey in mead? Uh, I would have went bigger out of the gate. Yeah, um, we grew it organically. Um, you know, we didn't take any loans of any kind. We just slowly grew the business, starting with an, uh, an Indiegogo campaign. But right. I wish we would have went a little stronger. Um, out of the gate because <clears throat> I can't remember the exact number, but there was X amount of hundred permits, you know, federally in India, sorry, in the USA that were mead makers really. And that number was estimated, I think anywhere between like three and 400. And now that number has already doubled um, in just five years that we've been doing and how many meaderies there are in the country. So, wow. you know, we, we had an, you know, an opportunity to be as big as we wanted, I think to a certain degree in the beginning. <clears throat> and we st still choose to kind of slow boat it, you know, so we're right. still membership only, but I would have considered just going bigger out yeah. of the gate, you know, because we ended up buying all that equipment anyway. <laughs> so, Do you, I mean, we'll go a little bit of beer, but it's also kind of two-sided with meat as well. Do you have Do you have a favorite macro beer? Favorite macro beer? Yeah. Miller Lite all day. Yeah. I, used, I used to be a high life guy, but I switched to light because it's less sweet and I'm watching the carbs. Okay, <laughs> so okay. I'll drink, okay. I'll drink high, life if okay. That's, or high life or Miller Lite if that's what's available. And I still love Modelo. I had to ask Alex, are there macro meats? <clears throat> I, I, I think that would all be a technicality based on who you ask. Right. But I can tell you some of the bigger meat producers out there. Like the biggest I can think of would be like Brad from Bee Nectar. But right. I wouldn't I'd still very much consider him he makes craft a ton meat. Of, he takes, makes a ton of meat. What is the one, because I was asking Alex, it, it, there's one out of like Arizona or New Mexico that comes in the blue bottles. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the name no of No one right can remember no, the name. I, 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 are you sure? It, it might be Colorado. 
are somewhere like, but it's in blue bottles with like a mountain esque on the I label. Th- it might be Colorado. You, right. you might be as right as well, but I know exactly who you're talking yeah. about. I've run into him at mead festivals. Right. And, stuff. and it's like, yeah, I mean, I think to me that was like a macro brand because I used to find them in like uh, Total Wine when they first, Total Wine first opened up. And I was like, oh, this is mead. And like, obviously it's a lot better than what that was, but you know. <laughs> It's, you know, I think we've come a long ways in that in that direction as well. Oh, definitely. Finish this sentence for me. If I wasn't a mead maker, I'd be a... Musician. Yeah? All day. <clears throat> I was uh, a failed rock star as a teenager. I thought I was going to make it as a rock star. Really? Lead guitar in a heavy metal band, and that didn't quite work out for me, oh, so... Gosh. Now we'll, hey. uh, I'll work my 9 to 5 and make mead. Lead guitar. We have a whole fucking band, dude. We have... We have a whole band. Lead guitar. I already told you. We got got two drummers. We got two drummers. We got two bassists. We got rhythm guitar. We got lead guitar. We got vocals. Like, we got a whole band. What are you going to do? You're going to hit the triangle? Jonathan in the Wakefield. No, I don't say. I don't say. (laughs) I'd be more like the promoter. I'd be the promoter. Okay? You know, but like, I I think we have to have a jam session. That's what we need to have next time. Eventually, at some point. Absolutely. We'll save that for the tenure. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you very much, brother, for joining us. And it's, thanks uh, for being here thank again. You. Absolutely. Thank you Fifth much. year. We're happy to be here. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you. That's it for this week. I'd like to thank our guests, our co-host, Maria Cabre, our producer, Rocco Riggio, and our editor, Brian O'Connell. Thank you for listening. You can catch us each Friday at our new time, 6 p.m. Eastern time on Business Radio 132 or any time on the SiriusXM app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate the show and leave a review. Remember, people, the thirst is real. Home to Sirius XM's biggest shows. Nobody wants to hear this nonsense. <laughs> Jim Norton and Sam Roberts mornings. We start the day with gratitude. Gratitude for you. Ron and Gail Bennington. It's the Bennington Show. Yeah, it's a global sensation. Trump Nation with Eddie Trump. Dedicated celebration of rock. The Bonfire with Big J Overson and Dan Soder. It makes me violently carsick. Feedback with Nick and Lori. It has this hypnotizing effect. Faction Talk, Channel 103 and the SXM app. Free with all trials and popular plans. Explore sound from a different point of view. Some vibes that I love, some songs that I listen to on the regular. Boundary pushing hip hop and R&B from around the globe. 21, do your thing, 21. Music and culture by Drake. I always say it's so much deeper than music. On his exclusive Sirius XM channel. The one and only, Sound 42. Hear it now on Channel 42 and the SXM app.